We're coming in hot with inspiring guests, witty banter, and colorful commentary for today's veterans and military community. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima experience. I'm Jeff, and who's that? New phone, who that? New phone, who dis? Hi, Ashley Gorbolja here. All right, Ashley, Marie Gorbolja. I remember back in the day, you used to get mad at me if I forgot the Marie. Now you kind of leave it off yourself. Anyway, we are now in the middle of what I call package theft season. Uh, happy package theft season to all of you out there. Fun fact: FedEx founder is a uh, is a Vietnam Marine Corps URA veteran by the name of Frederick W. Smith. I'm not saying that as a commercial for FedEx, but am I? Anyway, <laughs> uh, how's uh, how's the shopping going? Do you do it online? Do you go in person? What do you do? You know what? I typically finish my shopping like like the day after Thanksgiving, like I make a plan. I'm a list person and I will, I've already, you know, it's funny. I actually clarified just recently with my siblings. I was like, are we spending money on each other? Yes. No, maybe. I know we got to buy mom and dad something, right? Like, is there a cap this year? Yeah. I've already made arrangements. Like I will only have to buy a few gifts this year and I'm buying some gifts for me. All right. I, I, did I send you my list? No, please do not send me your list. <laughs> now, you, now, do you go online? Do you go into the stores or, or do you do it mostly online? Um, Usually I wait for like Cyber Monday. Typically, if I want something, I hit the consumer guide and I'm a big nerd. So I, I do a little research before and I figure out who price matches. So if I have to go in store, I will. I mean, I used to work like eons ago now, but I used to work in retail and I had to work Black Fridays, right? And just that entire weekend and it's just insanity and i don't like that i don't like people that much that i'm willing to stand out there for a toaster or a tv like, I, like, I don't like i'm not a big materialistic person at all so i'm just like eh, if i can get it online if it's in my shopping cart for two weeks on amazon that means like i still want it like that's how i control impulse buying so that's a fun tip for anybody out there <laughs> you want to curb your impulse spending keep it in your shopping cart for two weeks all See right. if you really need it or if you really want it. I used to work. I used to work those holidays, but I loved them because I worked for Sears Brand Central, the brands you want at the store you trust. And so in the computers and Ooh. electronics, and we were commissioned. I would sit there. I would the old guys would be like, oh, you stay over by the register and handle the little stuff. We've been here forever. We we know how to do it. Mm. They forget some of those little items, they're 10%. So it'd be like $200 and I'm like 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20. And it was amazing. I love money. Yeah, got it. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> well, now it's a, now it's a do, 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 tap. Yeah. You tap You're the tapping. card. Tap, tap the card. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Ooh, bringing oh. it down. That sounds actually nasty. So why don't we get into <laughs> gross? <laughs> uh, 
Why don't we get into other unacceptable things here? Yes. Story for us. Yes. I've got a story from military.com titled unacceptable congresswoman wants reforms as decapitated soldier cold case lingers in the wake of an unresolved 2020 homicide a lawmaker is pushing the pentagon to overall how it overhaul how it handles cold cases one year after specialist enrique roman martinez's death has has been deemed a cold case democratic congresswoman norma d torres introduced a bill that would require the military to take steps to ensure cases like this aren't improperly shelved by the services. The fact that Specialist Roman Martinez's case remains unsolved is unacceptable, and I have previously demanded that the Pentagon's Inspector General conduct a full independent examination of what happened to this case, Torres told Military.com in a statement via email. The bill that Enrique Roman Martinez's cold or excuse me, Military Cold Case Justice Act Ooh, that's a mouthful. Re- directs the security of defense to reform and provide greater oversight for the services investig- investi- investigatory. Ooh, words. Investig- investigatory arms when it comes to how they handle cold cases. So, in addition to the report in Congress, Torres's bill would require new processes for community or uh, continuing or continuity. Continuity. Continuity between investigators on cases that may outla- may outlast one investigator's time at the department, ensuring that the case continues without interruption caused by routine turnover, and to specify the circumstances in which the case is handled to the Pentagon's Inspector General for review. Roman Martinez was reported missing by one of the seven soldiers who accompanied him on an ill-fated, ill-fated Memorial Day weekend camping trip to North Carolina's Outer Banks his head washed ashore just a few miles from where he was last seen. Authorities marked his death as a homicide, and more than a year later, the file has subsequently been deemed a cold case. To date, the manner in which Roman Martinez's decapitation occurred has not been determined, and no one has been charged with in direct connection to his death. Murky and conflicting details continue to plague the case as the seven accompanying soldiers face charges for conspiracy or drug-related misconduct connected to the camping trip. At least one has been found quiet or one has been quietly dismissed from the army. Specialist Roman Martinez and his family deserve justice for the murder, and it is an outrage that after two years of investigation, we still have no answers for this case. Torres, who counts the Roman Martinez family as constituents in her California district said in the t- uh, statement, the family has been critical of the service's response since the paratroopers death. Whoa. Quiet. No more. Um, Quiet No more. Yeah. It's very. I, I, when you read this and I am, and I'm reading it along. I, it sounds like the beginning of a, one of those true crime stories on TV. It does I get, really. I can see the back. I can see like the the blurry images of them reenacting the crime. Uh, this is a whole ball of doo doo, um, and the fact that there were seven people, seven other people on this trip, and they're all being charged with other things, drugs, and I don't know what the conspiracy is. Um, I, I thought that part was fascinating too. I'm like, you've got conspiracy and drug related or drug related misconduct connected to the camping trip. So 
I don't know. It's like how how does <laughs> how do you close that? How do you close that case how with all that, that stuff case? going on? Yeah, that makes no sense to me. If you've got open misconduct connected cases, like you got to assume that military and the local law enforcement are are involved. Like there's no like one do, that doesn't make this sense is, to me. I don't and know. It's how just a that horror happens. story. It's a horror story. His head mm-hmm. washed ashore just a few miles from where he was last seen. Do they have the rest of his body? I I, I don't know. This is this is a lot. It's very bizarre. It's and I was just I was shocked that it didn't say at Fort Hood. <laughs> that's where everything happens is at Fort Hood. Oh no. I'm sorry, Commander Fort Hood. I keep doing that to you. But it is what it is. And I I hope we uh I hope we have a follow-up to this story eventually. That that someone someone is charged and convicted. Uh Rightfully, I mean, don't just sure. go charge and convict somebody, but uh, please open, keep these cases open. I mean, if you call it a cold case, that means, I think that means they're not even accepting new information or tips. They're like, we're done. Unless you reopen, unless something fantastical happens and they reopen the cold case, they microwave it, if you will. Uh, it's... It's just, it's, I, I, there's too much happening, too many parts for me to accept that this is a, that this is a. To add clarification, a cold case by definition is an unsolved criminal investigation, which remains open pending the discovery of new evidence. So they've already deemed that like no evidence will come forward, even with the current conspiracy and drug related charges on the seven other soldiers that were with or presumed right. to be with right in this camping trip so that, I, think in, I don't know that, that's a technical definition but i i'm my i think that when it's a cold case that the departments don't put any energy into it like the evidence has to come to them uh externally so they're they were done with this right well it's hard you know i i get it feels about these frustrates me (laughs) i know it is frustrating and if it was somebody i knew i would have been uh more than frustrated i probably would sure we'd probably be talking about this every episode all right we're going to go we're going to leave this in the good hands of hopefully um, a, a less cold case today than it was yesterday. Not because of us, but because of the story. And we have we have brighter we have brighter news. A livelier guest coming up today. Mm-hmm. We continue our fitness and wellness journey with Daniel B. Bornstein, Ph.D., Doctor D.B.B., if you will. Uh, Dr. Bornstein has over 20 years of experience as a researcher, professor, and industry leader. He served as a tenured faculty member and administrator at the Citadel. We know that place well. It's uh, mm-hmm. our own Mark C.V. Uh, attended the Citadel. All right. He founded and was CEO of two fitness companies with clientele that included elite sport and military athletes. For the past 14 years, his work has been focused 
on effective strategies for increasing population levels of physical activity to improve the fitness, health, and security of the nation, and he is currently chair of the military sector for the U.S. National Physical Activity Plan. If this guy can't get us motivated up off the couch, nobody can. We're going to be back with Dr. Dan Bornstein right after my exercise break. Giving Tuesday was created in 2012 as a global day of giving. This year, Giving Tuesday is November 29th, and it marks the start of the season where many make an extra effort to help others. During this time, there are many ways you can support the American Legion. Give your time, give a donation, give a gift, or simply give the power of your voice in your local community. Whatever you give will help support the well-being of veterans, the military, their families, and communities. Learn more at legion.org backslash giving Tuesday. All right, Alphas, we are back in class here with Dr. Bornstein, and we are going to get up and go on a field trip because we're about to get fit. And Doc, how you doing? Can I call you Doc? Are we familiar? Are we that familiar? Doc, Dan, Dan's good. Doc, Dan's good. yeah, that makes me feel older than I am, I think. Okay. <laughs> no, because if you're young and you're you're young and you're a doctor, people go, wow, you're way too young to have a PhD. And then, or is it MD? MD, PhD? It's P yeah, it's a PhD. It's PhD. PhD. You're yeah. way too young to have a PhD, sir. Yeah. That's quite impressive. Okay, now that I'm done smooching on the dairies, I'm going to uh, <laughs> send over the first question to Ashley if she can quit chuckling. Oh boy. Okay. All right. What? Oh. Okay. I'm just going to channel my inner Midwest now. Okay. Well, super excited to have you on the show. I always get to have the first question, and uh, you know, I like to pack my questions. So. They've written some questions for me, but I will say this. I'm very excited. Okay. Do so one gonna, of them, please. Yeah. Getting to it. Getting to it. Thank you. So I would love to discuss the impact of low population levels of physical inactivity on recruiting retention and health from a pre-accession like, um, through veterans. Right. So we've heard, you know, we've heard a lot about an obesity epidemic. Mm -hmm. um, what we haven't heard as much about is a physical inactivity epidemic. Uh, so physical activity, I think it's important to make the distinction between physical activity and exercise. So physical activity is this really broad sort of umbrella under which there, there are many different forms of physical activity. And, and exercise is certainly one of them, right? Structured exercise, going to the gym or uh, going for a bike ride for the purpose, usually for the purposes of increasing one's physical fitness. Um, however, physical activity actually can take many different forms, and it's basically anything other than what we're doing. What we're doing right now. So, if you're a listener out there and you're listening to this while you're on a stationary bike or on a walk, then you are doing physical activity. But if you're doing what we're doing, which is just sitting here talking about it, then you're not doing physical activity. Um, so physical activity is really anything uh, that has energy expenditure, so it takes energy to move your body, so energy expenditure over and above sitting. So uh, walking, walking even to the refrigerator actually counts as physical activity, 
uh, but walking the dog, gardening, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, uh, getting up off the couch and just moving around, doing uh, chores around the house. All of these things count as physical activity. But I think oftentimes we don't let them count because we don't, they're not exercise. Um, and in the United States, we have these things called federal physical activity guidelines, which are recommendations on the types and amounts of physical activity that we should regularly accumulate, like on a weekly basis, in order to improve health outcomes, like either prevention and or treatment of diabetes, heart disease, stroke, even certain cancers, and certainly mental health. So stress, anxiety, depression, um, symptoms of PTSD and so on. So there's like decades of research on the impact that just physical activity, not necessarily structured exercise, but physical activity, the impact that it can have on all those different health outcomes. And so the recommendation uh, from CDC is that we get 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity, or I'm sorry, 150 minutes of moderate physical activity, which if you think about what moderate is, it's probably going for um, a, a relatively gentle walk or maybe doing some chores around the house. So 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity aerobic physical activity, or 75 minutes per week of more vigorous intensity, like maybe you're gonna play some tennis or you're gonna go for a swim or you're going to go for a jog, something that's really probably gonna get your heart rate up to a point where maybe you're even having a little bit of difficulty speaking. It's what I sometimes refer to as comfortably uncomfortable. You're not like about to pass out, but you're kind of you know, doing one of these kind of things. I would call that probably vigorous intensity. So um, 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity where you can probably talk relatively normally or 75 minutes per week of vigorous intensity or some combination of the two. And they can count in bouts of 10 seconds, 20 seconds, five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, doesn't even, it really doesn't matter. They just kind of all add up over the course of a week. With all of that said, roughly 75% of American adults fail to meet the federal physical activity guidelines. So, and those numbers are similar in our, in our youth population. So again, we're not talking structured exercise here. We're just talking about getting up and moving around. And so that is what I mean when I say we have a physical inactivity epidemic. We have a very large portion of the American population that fails to meet just that minimum guideline of 150 minutes per week of just moderate intensity activity. So what does that mean from a pre-accession perspective? It means a couple things. Um, there's been a lot of talk in the news recently about uh, failure to meet uh, our recruiting standards, right? For the army, right, has come out and said they're, they're falling short by tens of thousands of recruits this year. That's a problem that is going to create downstream problems for what is that gonna mean for how many people we're gonna be able to get maybe into special operation units and things like that down the road. Uh, and they've been having increasingly challenging problems to, to fill those slots. So we have, I just completed a research study with, with the CDC where we looked just at the number of American youth or, or I'm sorry, well, age, age eligible Americans who can meet just the physical qualifications for service in the US Armed Forces, which is just 
BMI, so an indication of sort of body mass, and sufficient physical activity, which in this case we counted as 300 minutes per week because that's the recommendation for youth. 66% failed to meet that standard. So there's another, there's some other research out of a group called Mission Readiness uh, where they look at all the potential reasons why young Americans might not qualify for service. And when you took, when you take the physical issues with also things like uh, maybe a criminal background or maybe haven't completed high school or, and so on, that number rests around 75%. So 70, somewhere between 66 and 75% of young Americans simply can, even if they went in to the, to the recruiting station and said, I would like to serve, they want to they raise their rights, I would like to serve, they don't qualify. And a recent study from the Pentagon showed that when you take the uh, ability to serve with the propensity to serve, the desire to serve, the number shrinks to 2% of American population. So we have a major recruiting problem. And a lot of it is tied to physical inactivity. So let's so from just the pre-accession perspective, we've got a problem. Like Houston, we have a problem. Now, let's say they actually do access and they move on to basic training. The rates of musculoskeletal injuries, I'll abbreviate those as MSKIs, have been steady, steadily and pretty dramatically increasing over the last couple of decades to the point where MSKIs are now the number one medical impediment to military readiness. And if you think about what the relationship, right? When we do physical activity, we're sort of learning how to control our bodies in space. If we're playing sports and things like that, we're learning how to do a lot of the movements that we might have to do when, if and when we put on the uniform. Um, so when we haven't done those things, when we, when we have an American population that is so physically inactive, even if they do meet the basic standards for training, once they get into the military, they often break. They suffer all kinds of musculoskeletal injuries, which creates an economic problem. But then we also know that once you have a musculoskeletal injury, and I'm sure we could all probably raise our hands and say, yeah, I've got a bad knee or a bad ankle or a bad hip or a bad back, whatever it is. A lot of times those don't go away. Those are going to follow us over the course of a military career. And then what happens when we transition out? And we're not maybe maintaining a physically active lifestyle. We know that physical activity also really helps. And, and, and I'm a great example of that. I broke my back when I was 12. And I've had to use physical activity as a way to avoid surgery. I've avoid, I'm now 50. Um, I've avoided surgery for 38 years because I've maintained the strength and flexibility in my body. Now, are there days when I have pain? Absolutely. And have I reached points sometimes where the pain was so intense I was hospitalized? Uh, yes. Has it led to some depression for me? Yes. Uh, but I've avoided surgery. And the way I've done that is by maintaining an active lifestyle. I think one of the, uh, I have a friend named Dr. Reagan Stigman, who, who is a recently retired um, Air Force doctor. And one of her quotes is, we take some of the fittest, healthiest members of our population who are members, 
the U.S. Armed Forces. And we turn them into oftentimes the unhealthiest members of our population, our veterans. That's, I'm not going to say that's criminal, but that's a pretty sad state of affairs. The VA has solutions. So maybe you've heard of the, you know, the whole health initiative with the VA, which is a wonderful solution to help veterans to become and stay not only more physically active, but to care for themselves in many different aspects. And the DOD has a very similar program in something called Total Force Fitness. So as a country, uh, well, as, a, as the DOD and VA, it's important that we truly begin, not begin, but, but thoroughly implement on the DOD side, Total Force Fitness, and on the VA side, the whole health initiative, so that in my, in my dream of dreams, when you sign up to become a member of the US Armed Forces, you're signing up to be part of an organization and a family that is going to take care of you physically, mentally, spiritually for the rest of your life. That's what I would love to see happen. I don't think we're not there yet. There's some doctrine, there's some policy uh, that now needs to be acted upon in order for us to get there. So Ashley, that was a really, really long-winded <laughs> question. Um, so maybe I should pause in case there are some follow-up questions, but that's, that's how I see where we're at as a country. I we're think gonna... that was beautifully executed and I was picking up what you're putting down. I got my bachelor's in exercise science and I got a master's in public health. So I'm full, I'm fluent on what you're talking about. And I'm hoping that of course, I'm sure Jeff has questions. I'm just like, oh my gosh, science, science, science data science things, all the things. So I'm kind of just geeking out right here. Like, yeah, uh-huh. I love this. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm going to do something. Well, and, and, oh, and Jeff, if I may, like, like, let me jump in for a second mm -hmm. here, Ashley, just, just because I, now I know that we're, we're, we're brothers and sisters in, in exercise science and public health. Mm -hmm. When I mentioned, um, you know, the DOD's total force fitness and, and the army's version of it, which you probably heard about holistic health and fitness, Mm -hmm. they would characterize those as human performance optimization initiatives, HPO, which is a term mm -hmm. that, that some people may be familiar with. Very dystopian. Very, yeah, sounds it, doesn't it? Sounds that way. Um, in reality, they're public health interventions, right? You're, you're trying to create culture shift and behavior change across a large segment of the U.S. population. Yep. And that culture shift is going to take time. So I'm going to be a little soapboxy for just a moment, if you would allow me to. And, and, and I would ask that I think it's very important that the federal government, DOD and VA, be good stewards of the citizens' money. And I know that it's the role of our elected leaders to help ensure that federal entities are being good stewards of the people's money. And this type of culture shift takes time. So if you happen to be an elected official or know somebody who's an elected official at the federal level who's listening to this, I hope that the message you're gonna partially give them is that we need to give Total Force Fitness, Holistic Health and Fitness, the VA's Whole Health Initiative, a little bit of time to develop and create that culture change because it's not gonna happen overnight. So if you're not seeing that quote unquote ROI in years one, two, or three, Please 
let the VA and DOD keep doing what they're doing to have the chance to demonstrate that in fact, these things are gonna work. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think you're, you're spot on. I think we have become a culture of instant gratification. And I think that's part of the problem, right? A lot of the social media, a lot of the technology that has uh, you know, innately made our lives simpler has also resulted in us, resulted in us moving less, doing less. Um, so there, there's a lot of correlation between our, between our tech and our, our advancements. Um, you know, correlations mean causation, but in this uh, case, I'm sure there's plenty of peer-reviewed articles out there that would, you know, say otherwise, but I think uh, you're spot on. I think we have to continue to invest in, in these public health initiatives and that they do take time and everything you've said is, is pretty, is, is on spot. I mean, a lot of people don't understand the difference between, you know, physical activity, exercise, like, you know, some folks are like, oh, I get into the gym a few days and they think that's a, you know, efficient, right? But if you're not doing anything at home and you're just, you know, sitting around binge watching Netflix or whoever that may be, right? There, there are long-term health consequences. Like our bodies were designed to move. So, yes. Yes. Much like the gym, I feel like I'm sitting outside this conversation. So I'm going to try to get in there real quick and jump on a machine. I have some rapid things because we have a lot to get through. Um, first of all, these watches that we have, that is tech helping us, by the way, as well as hindering us. So I think there is some balance, although they don't they don't give me credit for bar fights. And that's a lot of movement. I don't know if you ever, ever mind if. And one of my takeaways from you is being in the military puts us in the top 2% of the population, which is great. Um, I'm doing some catch-up stuff that I was thinking about when you were talking. You said your dream of dreams. I think you need to add a Tesla and a beach house to make that a real dream of dreams. And as far as the, the ROI, the ROI is where I really want to get in on this. All of those things that you said, all the programs that you said, the masses don't know what they are. So if the masses have a movement problem, the public health system has a communications problem because I didn't know that you gave some number about the number of day or number of uh, movement hours in a week. Never heard of it before. Um, if do I have to have a degree in that to understand it? Because I would never get. No. So I think what what can we do better uh, to communicate that? And specifically because of our audience, what are what should we be communicating to veterans who are members? And remember that those ages stretch from low 20s to I don't want to I don't want to out people's ages, but triple digits. You're talking about a lot of a lot of years difference. What can we communicate and are there great ways to do that where people are going to hear what you're saying? So, Jeff, great point. I, I think we, we have largely um, failed we, at really communicating this out to the public. One of the challenges is that um, the message does oftentimes need to be tailored to different audiences with with you know, different cultural differences. So if there's a culture that where dance, you know, is a really big part of their culture, uh, but we're not really talking about that, then 
maybe they don't get that message. But, you know, as it relates to the veteran community, um, there, there may be a lot of veterans who are quite averse, actually, to physical activity. Because when they served, physical training was not necessarily a particularly pleasant experience. Um, so what I would say is, is in terms of getting the message out to veterans, um, first of all, again, everything counts. I would start with that. I would say every, anything that is not just being sedentary, sitting on the couch, watching television, everything counts. So any opportunity you can find in your day to just get up and move around, so if you are watching television, you know, maybe you're a college football fan, when those breaks, when they go break for TV, get up, move around, you know, and, and it could just be marching in place, it, you know, depending upon what your body's going to allow you to do, could be jumping jacks, could be just, you know, doing some like shadow boxing, you know, whatever, whatever comes to mind for you. Uh, but get up and get up and move around at every opportunity that you have. Um, you talked about the watches. You know, there are some pretty good physical activity monitoring devices now. So if you wanted to actually, you know, wear whatever, you know, I've, there's tons of them out there. So I won't promote one particular product over another. But there are certainly ways in which you can get feedback on how physically active you are today versus tomorrow versus yesterday. And it can be really nice to get that feedback mechanism. And even some of them have reminders like, hey, Jeff. <coughs> You've been sitting for three and a half hours. Time to get up and move around a little bit. Um, so physical activity and, and the things that we're capable of doing also does change over the lifespan. So, Jeff, you also mentioned that, you know, the, the people who may be listening may span an age from mid-20s to whatever. Um, and so the things that best nourished our bodies and, and minds and souls in terms of physical activity when we were 20, they may not best nourish us when we're 40 or 50. But physical activity can always be nourishing. Um, so it's finding ways in which or things that you can do, um, and some of which you can do from home. So a lot of it is access too. It's like if you live in this really rural area and there's not much around what can you do? You can move around your, as I said, you can move around your house, maybe take, if you have a, a dog, take the dog for a walk. By the way, I'm from New York, so it's really hard for me to say, take your dog for a walk, because I want to say, take your dog for a walk. I was going to say, when, when, you talk, said you, I, when you said you're from New York, that's the first time I heard it. I'm from New York. And then, yeah. yeah, it's dog, walk, coffee, all that stuff. But when I talk like that, people don't think I'm particularly intelligent. Um, so anyway, uh, um, finding ways to just be physically active over the course of your day, over the course of your week is very important. And, and know that there is a huge program within the VA called Whole Health that is there to support you. One of the other things we know, and Ashley, you'll, you'll recognize this from, from your public health background, that to ask somebody to, uh, to change their behavior, their health behavior, in the absence of supportive environments. And what, what I mean by that is like first, maybe your social environment, who your family and friends and maybe coworkers are, and then, then your physical environment, 
where you live and maybe how you commute and where you work and so on. And then beyond that, a policy environment to try to ask somebody to change their behavior in the absence of some, some supportive environments is often a very difficult thing to do. It's not impossible and it can happen. But I think it's important for veterans to understand that, that the VA has set up with this whole health initiative, some systems to help create better environments for you so that you can start to think of the VA perhaps as a place where not just where you go when you're sick, but perhaps you can go there and talk with some of the whole health people and learn about how you can just take better care of yourself so you don't actually have to go to the VA just when you're sick, but that it can be a resource for you for, for being well. Um, so let me pause there because I've said it a lot again, Jeff, but yeah, so let me pause and see if you have any follow-ups. I want to I want to make sure because what I'm talking about uh, is I hear you about all these things being there. People aren't doing them, uh, and there are there are a variety of reasons. Some some of which you alluded to, like the training isn't very important. But how do we better communicate? Now, first, before I before I let you before I let you jump in, take notes over here. It's not them looking away. But I, I was just thinking when you said, how do we communicate when you want to cater different things to different people? And you gave an example of dance. And I'm in Hollywood. All I did was I thought of a video. I thought of a 60-second PSA of how do you move? And then you flash through, I mean, as many different, mowing the lawn, dancing, um, whatever, park driving past a closed parking spot to a further spot parking spot taking the stairs like just rapid fire these ads out and then just ask at the end how do you move and i i think that that kind of mass and no offense to you guys but you're 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 heady and we need we need some we need some we need some sizzle we need some shallow people you guys are way too deep i'm shallow I could drown in a bird bath. So if if what you're talking about is getting a message, that's a whole another PSA. That's a warning label, Miss. <laughs> I, I could drown in. I've, for lived, you. I've lived in LA too long. If you you want to communicate to people who aren't heady, they're not going to listen to the the stats. And Ashley, you work for the VA. I go to the VA multiple times a week. I don't know anything about whole health initiative that's a problem and we got to fix it the, the american legion with 100 miles for hope we we've gamified it and i think that's part of its success we've gamified yeah. this fitness thing you're you're competing with other people to see you can get more steps or miles or whatever we have we have the way to, it's no effort for you VA, VA makes an app for everything. They have a breathing app for crying out loud to have me sit there and there's an app. There's a VA app for that. Why is there not a VA app for taking my steps, inviting other vets that I know and start doing some competitive game? We all, we're, we, it's kind of been our DNA to be, I'm always trying to be better than Ashley. I'm always trying to ask a better question. I'm always trying to have a better outfit. I can't believe I just referred to the things that I wear as outfits. But 
if we take that gamification, I think that resonates with this audience. And I and I mean the military and veteran community, not the eight people that are listening to the show. I'm talking about the broader audience. So yeah. what can we, with all of y'all's education, educations in public health, I'm just a little economics guy. I can I can chart it for you on a spreadsheet. I can calculate that ROI you're talking about. But how are we going to get these messages out? Because this is this is mission critical, not just for the military, but for the health system. We're going to have problems. So I'll get to that in a second, Jeff. But I, I think that, you know, know your lane, bro, right? It's like, so my lane is, is like this physical activity in public health. Um, I'm not necessarily a messaging guy, even though mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I have sort of tried to reframe physical inactivity as not just a public health issue, but a national security issue. But to your point about how we get it out to the masses, um, I wouldn't mind seeing some partnerships between some of the great media companies that are out in LA or New York and CDC. What's the role of industry? The industry that does this well, the marketing industry and the television and 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 other industries to partner with. Let's let's have industry maybe be part of the solution to this problem as well. Because yes, they're they're because we're not doing it well in public health. I think in in large part. To your point, I mean it's like it's it's a gap. Um. So I guess that's what I would pose as a as a potential solution, and maybe I'm side skirting a little bit, but I want to get back to the veteran thing for a minute too, which is that those who've served serve for a reason, and they want to continue to serve in some way, shape, or form. And you talked about healthcare, and you talked about healthcare costs, which are really sort of in some ways at the end of the day, what we're talking about. So if I can offer just one other quick statistic, we spend roughly in this country about 17% about, um, of our gross domestic product on healthcare, treating preventable conditions. We spend roughly three and a half to 4% of our GDP on military expenditures. So one could argue that if, as a veteran, you want to continue to serve your country, one thing you can do is try to maintain a healthy, active lifestyle so that you're not contributing as much to that 16.9% of people who are costing this country so much money. And I don't mean that to try to shame anybody. I'm, I'm saying that as an opportunity to serve your country, even after you take off the uniform, is to try to maintain an active lifestyle because you really are, in, in fact, serving your country. And if you are already highly physically active, why not get into your community, into, your, into your, the schools in your community where physical education is disappearing, going into your local YMCAs and boys and girls clubs and meeting the kids where they're at and taking them for a walk or show, just be, being a leader or a spark plug, as we might call it, in your own community as a tremendous way to give back and serve your country. So maybe that's part of the message. If I were gonna tailor a message for the veteran population, 
that's part of what I would do is you have an opportunity to continue to serve your country, A, by taking care of yourself. And if you check that box, now setting up environments where other members of our population can also take better care of themselves. There you go. So we're not just partnering with industry. We're, we need to partner with uh, our people. This is a this is one of those this is one of those things that uh, everybody needs to be concerned about. I mean, health is some of it's in our control, some of it's not in our control. I breathe LA air whether I know it's bad for me or not. I eat, I eat, I buy things at the grocery store, and I can no longer parse through what is what is good for me and what isn't. Some of the things that are good for me, I'm now being told, overload my body with estrogen. And it's doing other weird things to us. And- Oh, you it, poor thing. It's, I mean, I just read this article yesterday. It's a real, it's a real thing. Hmm. The, some of the things that you eat that you think are health, universally healthy or healthier for different subsets of the population. Yes, sir. Let me jump in real, real quick, Jeff, and say that um, the White House actually just convened a, a conference on hunger, nutrition, and health. This was just within the last month. That very topic came up. Food labels came up as a topic. So that's going to change. The, the, what you see on a food label is going to change to make it easier for the consumer to identify um, better choices. You know, in, in, in the army, if you go into a, a chow hall, you might see green, yellow, red. Green, go. It's good for you. That yellow, actually sounds like uh, a Marine Corps. Sounds like a Marine Corps. Yeah, and, and, and the Marine Corps, right? No, so, that's, never mind. I know exactly yeah, what you're well, talking about. Um, so, you know, I, I think we can start to, I think some of that's going to start to happen. And I think we don't have enough time to get into the whole like food industry conversation uh, and food access. Um, but every opportunity that you have to eat something, I guess the simplest way to put it, that is as close to the earth as possible has been minimally processed. Um, and I'm not a dietitian, okay? But, but that's advice that I would just readily give is if, if it's close to the earth, go ahead and, and you're probably good eating it. If it's been sitting on a shelf for a year, it might not be so good for you. But so the White House is thinking about this uh, physical activity was part of that conference as well, but it was largely focused on uh, uh, food security, food insecurity, making sure that people have not only enough food to eat, but the right food to eat. And also as part of that, when they do go to a grocery store or a corner store even, that the food labels that they see are a little bit easier to understand so they can make a, a, a better informed choice um, and hopefully one that's not gonna break the bank either, that those, those foods are just as affordable as, uh, as, as maybe the, you know, healthier options. That's correct. Accessibility and affordability are, mm -hmm. are an interesting concept in the United States. So if anyone ever has heard of a food desert before, you may live in a food desert and there's plenty of, you know, peer reviewed research out there that looks at, uh, disadvantaged uh, communities that don't have access to the foods that folks may have if they have a whole food say down the, down the street, right? right? So you have to look at those kind of variables as well. So there's a lot of infrastructural issues. There's, there's public health, there's lots of layers. So 
as so Danny was saying, as Danny was saying, I live in an area that has Whole Foods. I can walk to three Trader Joe's. I can walk to a Sprouts. They're so they're so expensive. Mm -hmm. So I go to the regular grocery store. Now I don't buy Chef Boyardee cans and stuff, but I can see where there are people who that's their option. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't live in a food desert. I can live. I can go. I can get anything I want in walking distance. Therefore, I'm moving. So take the good with the bad. So I, I'm walking to a place. If I go, if I go to Whole Foods, I now you know I'm making decisions about my life in Whole Foods. Am I gonna Am I gonna pay my rent? Am I gonna, you know, am I, what am I gonna do? Am I, so I go in there. I don't. I don't, I won't go in there that often. Right. Yeah, no, I, Jeff, I, yeah, no, I hear you. And, and, and that's part of the issue. There, there are quote unquote physical activity deserts as well, right? If you live in an urban setting that you perceive to be unsafe, are you going to let your kids go out and play? Mm, maybe not. Um, and I, I think, I think, as I said earlier, that there are ways to build or structure physical activity into your daily life, particularly, you know, if you're an adult where um, even if you can't afford a gym or it's too far away, that you can make, again, all those little things count. So there's the food issue over here. There's the physical activity issue over here. There's the obesity issue up top, which is sort of, if you'll forgive the pun, fed by both. Um, but the good news is we on the puns. physical activity side, on the physical activity side, we have a little bit more agency or control over the behavior than on the nutrition side, where to Ashley's point, um, if you don't have the right uh, uh, physical environment to support that, it's a desert, right? There's nothing around you. It's pretty tough. Um, so in physical activity, I do think it's a little bit easier to make the healthy choice than it is in many instances with nutrition. Um, and uh, you might only have to make it once a day. So if you choose to be physically active, let's say you're going to go for a 30 minute walk, you do that five days a week, bam, you're at 150 minutes. Uh, now, and if you don't want to structure it that, that way, that's okay too. Five minutes here, 10 minutes there, whatever it may be. But um, where's the nutrition choices we have to, to make many times a day? Uh, we could make that same choice with physical activity, but with nutrition, it's by necessity we have to make that choice many times a day. So for the so for the legion mm -hmm. and and the veteran community, I'm I'm hearing we need we need more programs like Hundred Miles for Hope. Um, that's just one, and uh, I know and we're still coming out of COVID. I did see some momentum before COVID. I know we had a um, under our events committee there was a and Jarek was actually a chair of it. They know Jarek Wilhelmson at Hollywood Post 43. That's a PSA right there. Uh, we were doing things like he took people out kayaking. We explored the steps in the uh, historic neighborhood. That one was actually the worst one for me. So many steps um, and, you know, hikes around. And we're doing that on an organizational level. And I think that I think that this is for the veteran community because that's who we're talking about. And I'm do just a 20, 30 second little PSA. If you're having problems recruiting people, if you're having problems retaining people, if you're if you're finding that a lot of your 
members are sick or out of shape, look at the look at the fastest growing VSOs out there. You know what they're doing? They're doing something. They're not sitting around talking about maybe doing something or worrying about worrying about I don't know meeting the stuff. What they're doing is they're out they're out doing all the things all of RWBs Rubicons yeah I see Ashley um, they're 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 being physical and our posts need to do that because many people and I can tell you I have a thirteen hundred member post thirteen hundred people never ever ever show up to a meeting if it's a very controversial thing we'll get close to two hundred of thirteen hundred. That's a very controversial one. We go, whoa, I can't believe everybody's here. 200 of 1,300. If you're having problems, have something to speak to the people who want to do things. And you're going to, first of all, you're going to help your, you're going to help, you're going to serve your community, state, and nation, which is one of our mantras. You're going to serve a veteran. You're going to give people a reason to join the American Legion. You're going to give people a reason to stay in the American Legion. And you're going to, as callous and cold as this economist will sound, they're going to be alive longer to pay you more dues. There, I said it. Nobody else will say it. And if we keep them alive longer and, other, and they're doing things that they love to do, they're going to talk about it with other people. And so I'm I'm pleading out there, alphas, I, you're out there and you're in your post, come up with programs and do the stuff the doctor's talking about. Get outside, have competitions with your watches, do whatever you've got to do, because you know your people. I, start a farmer's I market. Start a farmer's market at your post. That's, yeah. that'd be difficult for me. Birds. Yeah, I mean, you're, 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 yeah, you're creating, creating access to good, healthy food, and you're being physically active while you do it. So yeah, I, I would say that, yeah, the posts are a great, what a, what a great place uh, to, to, to be doing this from. Um, you know, I happen to be coming to you today from a place called University of Health and Performance, which is a, which is a veteran organization um, that is actually training veterans to become agents of change in their communities. Um, and they have a just, I've never seen anything like the program that they have here. So, you know, maybe somebody from an American Legion post, you know, maybe they want to send somebody here and experience what they're doing here and bring that back to their uh, community because it's, it's truly transformative. But yes, I would say that each post is an opportunity to do well in their, do good in their community. And, and, and Jeff, I, I, I appreciate the very uh, sort of upfront, like, hey, well, we're gonna get more money from our members. Yes, and um, you're really gonna contribute to their increased quality of life. And like I, like I said earlier, if quality of life ends up translating into greater quantity of life, so be it. Um, but we should be actively trying to create environments not just within specifically DOD and VA, but to your point, Jeff, um, systems and environments that really do care, that take care of those who have given so much to our country already. So much to think about. I've, that, that place where you're at, I can see in uh, super producer Holly knows people so she can communicate this. I, I think that would be a great class at national convention. The thing you're talking about with uh, teaching people how to be 
agents of change in their communities because um, that's one of our mantras we serve communities we don't only serve veterans uh, we are we are a service organization and i think that information and that perspective is helpful uh, as i like to say we could put on a different color cape for this and just be a freaking hero in our community by saving lives on a long-term basis not just you know as something happens but preventing things from happening to them so i i'm all i'm all for that i i don't have any power or juice other than this microphone to and and knowing people who know people like holly she's she's a source of all of the weight that i have in the organization she knows everybody she's shaking her head there ladies and gentlemen that you can't see she's being humble something i know very little about but i do recognize it so so doc what's the last oh sorry i called you doc it made you feel old uh dan or is it daniel or dan dan, I see daniel on the screen my mom calls me daniel when i'm in trouble so go ahead jeff if i'm in trouble go ahead and call me daniel so your mother did the zoom because it says daniel right there daniel yeah. any what do you have any parting words for us on what can you just save us in in 30 seconds the world save the world in 30 seconds or less um you know i come i come at things with a with of course with a physical activity lens so i think it's like remember my big fat greek wedding if you ever saw that movie where windex was like the solution to all the problems yes um so i sort of come, come at life with like physical activity as my windex uh but i i would just say that again i think that the, the veteran community has a tremendous opportunity to continue to serve their community, their state, their nation by finding ways to become and stay physically active and care for themselves first and foremost, and then find ways to be champions for physical activity and health within their, within their communities and, and beyond. And that's just, we couldn't ask for, I couldn't ask for more of a veteran than to do that in terms of the very critical national security threats we now face when it comes to our ability to recruit young men and women into our military. So if you can be a force in your community for increasing um, ability and or propensity to serve, you are doing a tremendous service and giving back to our country in a way that perhaps nobody else can. That's my response to what you just said. Uh, we, I love, we, we do these little snippets to promote the show and I think that was it. Um, <laughs> so you, you, we didn't even have to, we didn't have to warn you about it. You just did it yourself. So thank you so much for being here today. I'm, uh, these are, there's so many nuggets here to chew on while I'm walking, obviously. Uh, these organic, they're organic, locally grown <laughs> nuggets. And and I'm gonna and I'm going to enjoy them for the delicious nutrition that they are. And I'm gonna try to find a way to expend them in energy that helps the community that I live in. And I'm gonna ask all the alphas to do the same thing because we are collectively, we started this podcast for reasons. And some of those reasons are activating and engaging in this veteran military community. And I think 
this is a mission worthy of worthy of bringing us together in that effort. Um, and before before we leave you, where where can we find you for more information on these kinds of things? Yeah. So uh, the name of my company is it's just D Bornstein Solutions. But if you just Googled Dan Bornstein and fitness, you'd probably find me. And and I I I, I love conversations, so feel free to reach reach out to me. Um, but if you want an actual, you know, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn, and um, that's the, my main uh, social medium. Um, and I'm on Facebook too, but but that's my main one is LinkedIn. But you can send me an email, Dan at dbornsteinsolutionsllc.com, if you want to just reach out to me directly. Okay. Feel free to do that, especially if you're somebody. And I'm being bold, I guess. I maybe I shouldn't make it that public. My inbox is already pretty large, but especially if you're somebody who's like, "Hey, what can I do in my community?" Please reach out because I would love to try to help you do that. Um, I don't necessarily want to sign up to be anybody's personal trainer, uh, but I, but if you're if you're somebody who's trying to be a champion in your community, uh, you said not necessarily. So there's hope. There's hope that you could be my personal hope, trainer. Hope, okay. hope, and dollar signs. <laughs> so, no, oh, but, uh, you're speaking my language uh so yep he's, i thought I'm you sure might Holly, holly's gonna put this stuff in the notes not just a website he's got a he's got a instaface twitter link he's got all of those social medias and and you you can reach out and probably learn some things through all of those thanks so much again um i'm i'm gonna speak for uh, Holly, because she won't, she won't come on the camera. So I'm gonna speak for Holly. I'm gonna speak for Ashley because we think alike, and when we don't, I'm right, no. and she should come this way. But thank you so much for being on here, <laughs> and have a have a healthy day, sir. Thank you so much for having me on, and thanks thanks for the great work that you're doing on this podcast, and thank you to all. Who have served and who want to continue to serve the country. Thank you. When our nation's veterans came home from serving their country, the American Legion helped them with the GI Bill to get a head start. When they came home from Vietnam, we helped those affected with Agent Orange to get care and compensation. Now there is a new war raging. Unfortunately, it is being fought in the hearts and minds of those who served. Veteran suicide is the most important issue facing veterans today, and too many are battling it alone. So join us. Make the pledge. Be the one to help the American Legion end veteran suicide. And we are back. That was uh, an amazing guest. We got a lot of good information, a little, some backstories about what goes on in uh, the big master plan for making us all less fat and more fit? Did what? Uh, what takeaways did you have there, Ashley Marie? Well, I really appreciated all of the public health conversation. I think that we have a lot of work to do. I think that we confuse like physical activity with our like our vigorous activity. I think that. Of course, there's always improvements, communication to be done, obviously, but, you know, I, 
I thought it was great. I thought it was informative and I'm really excited to see what he continues to do and all of the work that he has been doing right as of right now. I mean, looking at effective strategies to increase population, you know, levels of physical activities, like that's no small feat, right? Like improving fitness and health and just the general security of our nation, even the conversations, right? About like recruitment and like who is and who isn't even eligible for service, right? Like these are just these at large issues that, um, we should be thinking about, and that's a, just a, a nice public health co- or application. So I'm, I was, I felt really, I'm happy. <laughs> I got to be a little bit of a nerd. <laughs> I feel you wake up every day a little bit of a nerd. Don't worry about that. A little you, bit more of a nerd. A little bit more of a nerd. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an oh, ever yeah. growing, it's an ever yes. growing entity. But I, I, I feel for him. Um, I know trying to get people to show up for a few hours to volunteer for something is a pain in the butt. People I physically see every day, they're trying to influence a nation of fast food, delivery, uh, things, food orders that they need to, that they need to eat better. They need to get up off the couch and do things. And typically people are gonna do what they're gonna do. So it's, I mean, it's a monumental task, and I hope that um, I hope that he is successful. He and that industry is industry a better. That's probably a bad word because it's not a for-profit entity. But that that whole sector. There we go. The whole sector of our public of our public service can be successful. But I think it's it's a tough it's a tough crowd to sway. I mean, it just really is. Mm-hmm. And so kudos to you, sir, for taking on the monumental task of trimming down this this girthy country. Okay. <laughs> you know what we got to do now? Okay. You know what we got to oh, do? Oh, boy. I know. I know. We're oh, gonna... you, pulling your, you pulling your hair back? Me too. I'm, I'm getting ready. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a fresh haircut, I see. Uh, yeah, Veterans Day was uh, a little bit ago, and I went back the to the Marine Corps to go back. birthday. Yeah, the whole I, thing. I decided to go back to that style. Wow. Okay. All right. I see you. I see you. Going back to that style for a while. I hear but you. all right, here we go. Let's do We're it. Loaded up, and we are ready for an outstanding version of pew, 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 pew. rapid fire. God, I hope one day he mm-hmm. puts in an echo for that because I'm I love the rapid fire. That would be amazing. Now he'll probably echo on top of my fake echo and it'll be an echo meta kind of never ending thing. All right, rapid fire number one. Veterans Gold Star families get free lifetime pass to national park, wildlife refuges, and other public lands. This is in the VA news, Ashley. Whoop whoop! Go this, is like, this is like the home team. Look at that big smile for the home team. You thought we'd talk about? Oh, you thought we were talking about Ohio State for a second? All right, on Veterans Day 2022, the National Park Service will unveil a lifetime pass providing free entrance to national parks for veterans 
and their families. The interagency military lifetime pass waives entrance fees for the National Park Service and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and standard amenity recreation fees for the Bureau of Land Management, Bureau of Reclamation, U.S. Forestry Service, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers sites for current military service members and their dependents, veterans and Gold Star families. Veterans and their families have free access to approximately 2,000 public locations spread out across more than 400 million acres of public lands, which host activities to fit any lifestyle from serene to high octane, including hiking, fishing, paddling, biking, hunting, stargazing, camping, and much, much more. The military pass has been expanded to include a pass that does not expire for veterans and Gold Star family members. The National Defense Authorization Act of 2022 authorized a free lifetime pass in national parks and other federal recreational lands for eligible veterans and Gold Star families. In recent years, they were able to receive annual passes. What do we think? Oh, so I'm super excited about this. So I got to spend Veterans Day at the White House and they had a whole table set up with the National Park Service. And this is where I learned about it in the White House. And I had a full Leslie notebook. Can you moment. say White House one, one more time so people know that you were there? I was there anyway. <laughs> so this is a great story. And I asked a bunch of questions and I wish I had got a photo of me putting on the Ranger like hat. Oh, goals. So to find out if you're eligible for the purposes of the program, uh, a veteran um, is identified with an individual who has served in the United States Armed Forces, including the National Guard and Reserve, and is able to present one of the following forms of valid unexpired identification. So a Department of Defense identification card, Veterans Health Identification Card, which is your VHIC. You have your Veterans ID card. And then finally, you have Veterans Designation on state-issued U.S. driver's license or identification card. Gold Star families are next to kin of a member of the United States Armed Forces who lost his or her life in a qualifying situation such as war, international terrorist attack, or a military operation outside of the United States while serving with the United States Armed Forces. So that's just kind of like a quick little blurb. We'll have a link in the show notes for you. Yeah, I was going to say, nobody's nobody's going to remember all that. That's okay. That's why so, we put it in the show notes. So but this is really notes. cool for all of my my nature, outdoor adventure enthusiasts. Well, think, like, boom, here you go. I think I think doctor, I think our, our good doctor would love this because it's encouraging. Yeah. Doctor's orders. Get outside, people. To get Use out there that and oh. pass. Can I? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, said, I think the doctor would love the fact that uh, this is advocating for being outside and, and doing things. I just want to point out, I saw a snarky comment on this uh, article. As a veteran, I've had this for years. So this is nothing but political BS. I would point out, number one, that it was for uh, service-connected veterans before. This is now for all veterans. It's also been expanded to interagency. So it's not just one agent, it's not just the park service, it's all of uh, these other agencies. So it was a new and improved unveiling and for um, military people, it does not expire after, a, you don't have to keep renewing it every year, which didn't make sense because if they got out and they're no longer eligible as as uh, service members, they're eligible as veterans, right? So it is new and improved. 
and uh, get on out there. Isn't half of DC a national park? Sure. <laughs> I think the, the I mean they sure. don't all, they don't all cost yeah. they don't all cost things, but like the 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 mall is a national park and uh, mm-hmm. all that. Yep. So. Yep. You can walk you can walk around there even though you don't have to pay to enter. You can walk around there going, you know, I'm a member here. Yeah. So yeah. So also too for any of our Sierra Club uh military outdoors folks, we did talk about this a bit in episode uh 122 with uh Aaron Lenard. So recommend going back to listen to that if you're interested in any of those. I know you didn't pull that off the top of your head, that 122. Where'd you get that? I'll read. I read things. Oh, Holly so set me up for success <laughs> as she usually does. Okay. That's, that's peculiar. All right, here we go. We're moving on. Moving We're going on. to, this is one of my favorite stories. I have a new respect for the army after this one. This is rapid fire number two. Sounds funny. We salute this army crew tank that named their tank. Come on, bro. A great tank, of course, needs a great name. Now, per tank naming conventions in the U.S. military, the first letter has to match with the corresponding first letter of the tank's company. But other than that, there aren't many rules. Just don't make it something profane or something that's going to get your company first sergeant (laughs) or commander all riled up. Perhaps the name is something inspiring or it just sounds badass. Maybe it's a reflection of the crew's humor and creativity. Some some examples include dropped as a baby, army, article 15, many of my friends, and all you can eat, America. Because when you're riding in an M1 Abrams tank, why not stencil something on the barrel of that 120 millimeter main gun, that main gun tube that makes you laugh or pokes a little fun at the absurdities of army life? It's not hard to imagine some tanker being told he has to clean up the motor pool or bricking a track during an NTC rotation to which he responds with an eye roll or heavy sigh followed by borderline belligerent. Come on, bro. So come on, bro. Give it up for this tank with one of the best names at Fort Riley. Here's to hoping that one day we'll see a rival come at me, bro. Tank. Now, do you know what I thought about with you? What? All the things? No. I I try not to let that enter my Alpha mind, Company, but... all the things. No, no. The Alpha Company, all the things. Oh, that would be if you mm-hmm. were naming a tank. I was thinking That's about a... um I was thinking about a, a game that that you like to watch on that Letter Kenny show where they go through the alphabet. Mm. They riff on the alphabet, and so when they stop yes. on a letter, they they Look at you. Letter. Look at you with your cultured quips. Okay. I see I, you. I, re- I, I remember things. First of all, no, I wouldn't exactly refer to Letter Kenny as <gasps> culture. It's 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 comedy. It's very satirical. You know what? I'm not gonna have this argument with you. If anyone hasn't seen it, you know, it's my selfish plug. It's funny. At, it's at up, my, it's it's up a, my alley of comedy. At best, it's an it's uh, a disturbing subculture. Okay. Yeah. Are we don't come at me, bro. What do you think? I love it. I love it so much. These are always oh, yeah, so not fun. Come at me, bro. I'm sorry. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come at me, bro. I think that'd be hilarious. And if someone at Fort Riley wants to ever, you know, who's an alpha company and wants to name a tank after me, yeah, all the things, please. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> name it plug. after you. Don't don't name it Ashley if you're naming it after her. Name it all the all things. All the things. Okay. Ah. Uh, 
here we go. A few weeks, a few weeks prior, we have done. We did a story about dogs with. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All's quiet on the Western Front today. We have something a little bit different, but just as awesome. Ashley's quieting her dogs, making sure that it's all quiet on the DC front. And we're going to move on with this story. Top Gun reimagined with a cat is perfection. This was brought to you, brought to my attention by super producer Holly. So you can thank her for this story. The video is in the show notes. If you want to, this is your chance. Pause now and watch the video. We're waiting. You should have paused and now you're back. Oh, she's doing word puns. You could pause, pause, you pause, 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 and go watch the video. Did you do that? Good, we're back. All right, it's no secret <laughs> that Top Gun and its sequel, Maverick, have been a smashing success among veterans, service members, and the civilian population alike. But on the Internet of Things, cats reign supreme. So what happens when you take a beloved movie franchise and add a feline to the mix? The answer is some mildly amusing magic. The YouTube channel Owl Kitty reimagines classic movies with a fuzzy black cat in leading roles. Some of, some of its other prominent titles include Titanic, Jurassic Park, Jaws, and Indiana Jones. In Top Gun with a Cat. Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell and his feline friend take to the skies to teach a few young whippersnappers how to fly combat missions. Notable moments include the cat being cradled by actor Tom Cruise and a musical scene in which the pussycat plays the piano so well it'll have audiences everywhere. Wait for it. Purring. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This crosses a feline, my friends. A few lines, a few lines, <laughs> just a few lines, you know. I mean, I was impressed that they got Tom to do the cameo. Tom Cruise, yeah, that guy. He did his own stunts. He held the cat. He's famous for doing his own stunts. Now I know you have dogs, but I need you to be unbiased and 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 talk about this video here. Pretend it was a dog. Pretend it was talk. And tell me what you think of this video. At first, I was like, "What? What is this?" And then it, was like, it just kept it just kept going and going, and I was hooked. I was like, "Well, okay, we're gonna see where this goes." I mean, I, doesn't matter if I'm a cat person or dog person. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of like goofy stuff on the internet, and it sounds wild. Unorthodox. You watch goofy, goofy stuff on TV. This you basically- send me goofy stuff on Instagram. Like, this is basically that's letter. What I get this is basically you. letter kitty. It's is it, listen. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's a stretch. <laughs> that's a that's a real that's a big like you know, that's a, if it you know if it if it fits, it sits kind of, you know. All right. If anybody out there, like if that. you haven't seen Letter Kenny, please. I mean, I like the LA clip that I shared on yes. social media. Yes. Uh, but watch that. And then watch this and tell me which one has better writing. I just put <laughs> wow. <it> up <laughs> wow. And which one? Which one has Tom Cruise as a cameo? I think only one. I think only one. All right. 
we're going to land this thing uh, without doing an illegal buzzing of the tower and move on along our way to be the oldest captain in the Navy who somehow is still flying like Tom Cruise is in Top Gun. I love how military military people let that go. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if a ribbon stack is one quarter of a millimeter off, they're like, oh, this is BS. I can't watch this. Game over. Inaccurate. Nope. Mm-mm. Yep, I nope. can't watch a mil- I can't watch a military movie with a veteran. I mean, doctors don't do that with hospital dramas, and lawyers definitely don't do that with legal dramas. None of that stuff is accurate. You got to be, be more. Inter- <laughs> it's not a documentary, friends. It's a movie. Anyway, let's. Uh, can you can you please land this plane and take us to the O Club? I got you. <laughs> I got you. All right. So don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are consuming your podcasts. Please leave us a review and give us a big old five-star rating so that the world knows how much you love us. And I guess Cats and Tom Cruise and Maverick and that, you know, just the whole gambit of things, whatever you want. Let's, let's talk about it. But in that case, if you do have a guest recommendation, go to legion.org backslash Tango Alpha Lima and click on the suggest a guest link. We would love to hear from you. Feedback on Letterkenny would be nice. You know, whatever. Let's, you know, help me help me prove you, Jeff, that that's, it's funny. I don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> Cat uh, videos. That would be fun. I'll entertain that. All right. In honor of this being the middle of package theft season, I would like to recite just one line. Of a, of, a, mm. of a remixed song. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me one other alpha, because that's all we really need. We need more alphas in this world. So this holiday season, give the gift of awesome and tell someone about Tango Alpha Lima. Then you, you can throw them in a stocking. It's a bit aggressive, but they will sit in there and you make them listen to Tango Alpha Lima. Then like a butterfly, they will spring from the cocoon of Christmas and become an alpha with wings that will fly and soar across America, spreading goodness and joy. With that, I'm going to call season three. Oh, if you're not watching, you're not seeing the faces. But I'm going to call season three, episode 136, Mission Complete.